into the contest. It's Wednesday the 4th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Our deep dive, of course, Tim Gilbert here and Shane Lee and there's high drama in Afternoon Sport production offices today because both our executive producer, Dan, and Shane Lee have gone big on the chilli and it's making a reaction. It is, mate. The uh, Johnny Cash said it's a burning ring of fire for both of us, I think. <laughs> it's great going in, but the journey starts going downhill uh, yeah. if you overbeat it, doesn't it, the chilli? I think it's a bit of an addiction, actually, old chilli, because it's, um, yeah, for, for whatever reason, I seem to chilli myself every time. I get too, a little bit too excited, Timmy. But um, anyway, I'm sure our listeners don't listen to that, but uh, let's move on. Go and have a glass of milk, Shane. Yes. Go and have a glass of milk. The State of Origin jersey, the sign. New South Wales State of Origin jersey. You still have a chance. Follow Afternoon Sport on Twitter or Afternoon Sport on Facebook and you could win the signed New South Wales jersey. Today, there's a real Olympic flavour. Former Olympic swimmer David McKeon and retired Australian athlete Melinda Gainsford-Taylor. Afternoon Sport. Well, here in sports See, when other sports people or others swear, we can swear as well. You know that, Shane, don't you? And then Paddy Mills is going, we haven't done any shit yet. Uh, basically, after that win over Argentina, their focus is solely on the gold medal or a medal because the Boomers haven't won one yet. No, they haven't, mate. And uh, Paddy Mills, what an exceptional leader, a fantastic choice to be one of our flag bearers. But he's dead right. We haven't done shit yet. And um, we have to beat the US to take us into a final either versus France or Slovenia. So, look, Paddy Mills, man, I reckon when you come back, let's make him Prime Minister as well. He's doing a great job. Oh, I love him, don't you? Just the way that he <laughs> oh, the way he moves around the court and lands the threes, he is just an extraordinary sports person. And, and a lot of these sports that we don't usually watch for four years or two years because it's in the Commonwealth Games, but the hockey, mm. the field hockey, I love watching the field hockey through the Olympic Games and other large tournaments like the Commonwealth Games, and we're good at it. The Kookaburras, that was a really good win uh, against Germany, and they are now playing for, for gold. They are, mate. Beat the Germans 3-1 uh, and go into the final to play against Belgium, mate. So so uh, let's see who gets the chocolates there. That's a real bad dad joke, wasn't it? I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> and uh, and Nathan Cleary is looking at a bit of the footy because he comes in in jersey number 21. So Penrith have named him this week. I think what we saw last weekend, if they don't have him, they're no hope of knocking off Melbourne. No, he's, he's proven his worth this year, both at state of origin level and at club level. Um, he did that last year as well. Um, but stumbled at the hurdle. I just... Tend to think, mate, he's going to come back. He will make a big, big impression uh, on that Penrith team. And you'll see them taking on um, the Storm in the final once again. And hopefully Cleary will have enough miles under his belt to, uh, to turn that result around this year. Yeah, and that could still be in Sydney. I, uh, I saw the uh, the New South Wales government mm. hit back saying, no, no, we're going to get the grand final. So we'll watch that space with interest. Coming up on the show, we have the brother of Emma McKeon. What a performance. The golden girl of the Tokyo Games. David McKeon is here next. Follow and subscribe to Sportonomic. Venture with me, Reese Lenarduzzi, and other industry experts and key players beyond the mere headlines and into the depths of sports business, law, economics, and finance. Find Sportonomic on your favourite podcast app now. Sportonomic, sponsored by Athlon Partners. Come find out about the emerging universe of sports capital at athlonpartners.com. Time to head to the pool and what a week it was in Tokyo for the Australians. And we have former Olympic swimmer David McKeon with us right now. Dave, it was great to watch, wasn't it? 
Ah, uh, yeah, it was an absolutely incredible week. It was absolutely awesome just to watch, you know, on the other side for me, really, the first time. So that was awesome. And then obviously to watch my sister was even more special. Yeah, so Davey, 2012 Olympics for yourself, but um, I would know, mate, being from Wollongong myself, watching my, my brother um, take the cricket field and, and perform, it was, it was amazing to see that. But it must have been very, very special for yourself to see Emma do so well at these Olympics. Ah, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool, I guess. We never knew what all these records and all these type of things was was capable before the games um, or anything like that. I don't think she either knew really. Um, and, you know, she just went there and, you know, wanted to swim fast and she mm. did that and en- enjoy herself. And, you know, sitting on the other side, I was pretty nervous before the 100 free. I was pacing the lap to the backyard. <laughs> I love the shot of the family. And I, I think you might have filmed it. It was you and your mum and your dad. And, and of course, both uh, swimmers themselves, uh, such a swimming family. But I don't know how close you all are as well. It was It really was touching to, to watch as it developed. And your dad came and gave you a bear hug. It was wonderful. Uh, tell us what it was like in the moment. Uh, yeah, it was that first one uh, fifty of the hundred. If you if you watch the video, you can actually see Dad um, when Emma goes in for the turn. He does a little head nod, like he tries to do the turn with her, uh, which is pretty funny. Love it. And then yeah, that second fifty, you can just there's a point where you can just tell. Well, I could tell. I think you know the rest of us could tell where she was starting to move ahead of everyone mm-hmm. else, and more mm-hmm. was like this. It, it's like uh, yeah, she's going to get it. Um, and yeah, it, it was pretty special and. You know, the only downfall is that you have a champagne at 11.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always a bad thing. Um, now, they're saying this is the, probably the, our, our best swimming team of all time, potentially, um, and the girls performed so well. The, the boys did well as well, but uh, that girls' swim team were outstanding. Yeah, the girls were outstanding. They had you know, three girls get, um, you know, double gold individual medals, yeah. which is incredible. Um yeah, they're, they're like young girls too, you know, um, mm. girls that haven't been to the Olympics before other than Emma. And, yeah, they did such an incredible job and just to be able to stand up there with the pressure, obviously Arnie with all the, um, I guess, talk about her going up against Katie and all those type of things and she just delivered on the day, which is, you know, something not many people um, have been able to do you know, with the pressure and things like that, the whole build-up. But, um, you know, Arnie did an incredible job and then Kaylee, she has a story of her own with, you know, her father and, and things like that. And I used to train with Katie's sister, Kaylee's Kaylee's sister, um, Taylor. Yep. Um, last year, um, you know, when they, when they lost their father and things like that. And, you know, Kaylee, just the last 12 months, she's really just put in a lot of work. And during like the meets leading up, you could always see that she was really, really getting close to that world record. And then, you know, breaking it at trials, there was no one going to stop her from, you know, reaching her dream of winning Olympic mm-hmm. gold medal for sure. <laughs> She got a gold medal in the interview as well. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Some of those moments have been great. The holy shit from Riley Day at the Athletics is just so colloquially and wonderfully Australian. Um, look, we've heard so many people give uh, character analysis of your sister, but um, uh, what are your? You know, she's such a humble girl, isn't she? She's not. She's not. She's not an extrovert. Ah, uh, yeah, she's certainly not an extrovert. I think. Um, yeah, she she's very humble. Um, she just wants to, you know, get along with her business. It's going to be a bit different when she gets home now, I think. And mm-hmm. She might – I don't think it will ever change her as a person. Um, I don't believe at all. Um, but there's going to be a bit more attention on her than there ever has been before. So, you know, I think she'll just take it in her stride and just continue to be Emma McKeon. Um, and, 
you know, she, she always have the time for everyone, uh, which is a lovely thing. Uh, yeah, she's she's definitely going to be overwhelmed, but I you know I don't even know what, I don't know what the future holds for him. So it's going to be exciting. You know, she might hold on for another three years. She might do this. She might do that. Who knows? So yeah, yeah. Well, she's already our most decorated swimmer, and uh, I can definitely see her being around in three years' time. Just a quick question, David. Um, the head coach Dean Boxall, very excitable young man that he is. Um, each swimmer, I'm assuming, has their own coach. What role does a head coach play at the Olympics in swimming? Um, well, Dean Boxall is actually just Arnie's coach. Okay, gotcha. Right. The head coach is Rowan Taylor. Um, and the head coach is really like, um, they just really just manage the coaches. The role is said head coach, but they're really just there to manage the coaches. They're not writing sets and things like that. Okay, gotcha. So each, each of the um, athletes um, leading into the meet, but they just manage the coaches and, you know, for the, months leading into the competition and things like that. They're making sure the coaches have access to all types of things, you know, biomechanics, um, sports analysis, um, lactates and all those type of things, just making sure everyone has the access to those things. And then when they come together at the meet, um, they're really there just to, um, you know, continue that, you know, team environment and make sure everything is just running smoothly for each and every coach. But then, just sounds like just sounds like a cricket manager. They just go on tour and drink Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, you you were always a, a great leader in the in the swim team yourself, and uh, of course, we competed at the Olympic Games. Uh, I was there in London when you were there in London, and of course, swam the four hundred. You Commonwealth Games gold medalist. These days, uh, you you you're an ambassador with Speedo, also uh, quite involved with charity. Tell us a bit more. Uh, yeah, well, I've only just. Um... I just really, I only really retired at the start of this year, but I've always been, um, you know, with Speedo for my entire career, along with them. And then um, we've also been a part of the um, United Project, which is a uh, like a mental health um, campaign. Um, so I think it, it, mental health with you know athletes and people, not just athletes, people in the workplace as well, and, and, and things. So you know, mental health can can attack anyone at any point of their lives. So. You know, I think just, you know, being a part of something like that is is, is really just being, um, I know, something that I've, uh, I guess, it's a privilege to be a part of, um, you know, and, and mentor people and things like that. So that's exciting. And um, my real focus after I finish swimming is actually um, I've been doing a bit of learn to swim um, and, and swimming coaching as well. So that, that's an area I want to move into um, because our family, we run a big swim school business here in Wollongong. So I would love to get into that area as well. No, amazing, Dave. You've done a fantastic job yourself, uh, both individually, um, but as a brother, mate. It's, it's lovely to see a family so close together and uh, and supporting each other and um, some serious swimming genes in that family, mate. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, what a delight, what an athlete. Melinda Gainsford-Taylor Carceri over the athletics. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Okay, it is time to talk athletics, and it's great to have former athlete with us, Melinda Gainsford. Taylor, of course, so many Olympic games yourself. Melinda, are you more tired now than what you were then trying to watch it all? 
Oh my gosh, I'm absolutely exhausted. I can't even <laughs> tell you. I mean, I I mean, I'm watching the athletics in the morning, and then I'm watching it at night. Then I'm watching all the other sports too, as well. So it's just been um, it's so funny. I'm talking to all my friends and going, "Are you as tired as I am?" <laughs> and we're in lockdown, which is even crazy. <laughs> oh, it's good times. It's so it's, amazing. It's, yeah, there's been some amazing um, events as well. Now I was watching one last night, um, Melinda. Uh, this cocky 17 year old from the US, Knighton. Oh, he, I know. Arian Knighton, wasn't he fabulous in the 200 metres, men's 200 metres, yeah. Just turning sideways like uh, like he was a Saint Bolt, um, just to show the field that he's got plenty more in the tank. Well, you know, that's the story. He's, mm. you know, as you said, he's 17 years old. He's broken Usain Bolt's record. So um, there's been a lot of talk around him. But I was so impressed with his heat last night. He made it look so easy. And I was saying to, um, I was saying to a couple of friends of mine, he's obviously you know, taking over him on, on his ability, but also on his let's look around and see what's going on <laughs> as well yeah. at the same time. So, um, but one exciting prospect and, you know, going into the final, the 200 metre final, um, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be well and truly up there in the medals. So sure. who knows what he can do. Mm. Yeah. There's been some really interesting things so far, hasn't it? What about Riley Day? <gasps> oh, wasn't she brilliant? I mean, I saw her in the heat and I thought she ran well in the heat, but you could sort of tell, you know, it was her first Olympics. She, she even said it herself as she was very nervous. And then she came out in the final. She was in lane nine and she had a cracking start and just her transition off this bend. But what I was also really impressed with was her finish. Um, and to do a PB at the Olympics, you can't ask more than that. So she's got a very bright future. That record of mine could be looking like, you know, <laughs> that could be gone, um, you know, within the next couple of years for sure. Oh, it's been a great record for a long time as well. You must be very proud of that. Oh, what, what about the interview afterward? Holy shit, I've done a PB at her Instagram. Me and the kids were watching at the Instagram was just going ding, ding, ding. Oh, exactly. Oh, don't you love it how, you know, everyone's telling what they're, they're – um... Oh, the Instagram handle, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit different than my day. I know, yeah, the old telephone call. Hey, um, how important and I suppose how psychological do you think these finals are? Like in the other men's 200-metre final, Lyles, who's also one of the favourites, um, turned off the, uh, the, the, the bow thrusters at the end there um, and, fi- and finished third and almost m- missed the final. Oh, uh, look. Do you know what, Shane? The amazing thing with me, Sharika Jackson did it in the heat, is where she actually didn't put hardly any effort in at all in the women's 200, and she ended up missing out on getting into the semifinal. So Mm -hmm. it just surprises me how, and it happens every time. Every year we have an Olympics, it happens where you have, you know, an athlete who has, you know, that should know better and has experience where for some reason they think turning off for like one metre is going to make a big difference in recovery, which it wouldn't, Mm. and they can nearly get themselves run out. But, um, you know, and you have to actually be really careful too because you want to get a good lane going into a final. And, you know, if you can get that number one position in a semifinal, you you know, you you will possibly get a much better lane. So, Mm. um yeah, yeah, but it's going to be a great men's 200. Yeah, I can't wait. It was a bit like the men's um, 100. You know, you didn't really know. Without your same bolt there now, you don't really know who the favourite is. Um, but, you know, in the that. two. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind it either. But I, I actually, my little favourite is Andre DeGrasse from Canada. I'd love for, to see him. 
He's super cool. He's super cool. He reminds me of Johnny Steph, to be honest, just the way he swaggers and moves around and, and juts and struts. Um, <laughs> now, one thing, just to be slightly serious for a moment, like all the testing that goes on, there's so much done. This testosterone thing, it is an issue, isn't it? It's like it, it does make you wonder, look, you want everyone to be fair and square, even Stephen, when they get to the blocks, don't you? There's a few athletes there that the testing hasn't been developed or it's not there where they, where they can't say yay or nay. Look, it's really tough, Tim. Like I, you know, I haven't looked too much into it, but I know that we've had a lot of talk about it with Caster Semenya um, mm. over the years. And, you know, we've got two Namibian athletes that are competing at these Olympics where they was, you know, they weren't allowed to run the 400, so they had to run the women's 200. And, look, it's a tough one because it is who they are. And, you know, I think he could really get into it. It's funny, you, you hear some people arguments are like, well, you know, Ian Thorpe, you know, had massive feet that are like flippers. And, mm. you know, you know, that allows him to, to swim fast. You know, people are saying this is their, you know, natural way of, of who they are. Mm. But at the same time, I can understand if you're competing against that athlete and, you know, if the testosterone levels are, you know, larger than the normal female, then that makes it really tough too. So it's really, really yeah, it's difficult. One. It's yeah. difficult on both levels, I think, for um, mm. Yeah, for, for the athlete itself and also for the, the, the athletes who are competing against them. Yep. Yeah. It's a um, tough any, one. Any uh, any Aussies we should be looking out for today? Well, Peter Bowl tonight, eh? Oh, yes. I know. So Peter Bowl for your listeners, um, he's made the 800-metre final. He's the first man since Ralph DeBell in 1968 to make the final. Um, he's done two Australian records to actually get into the final. So... You know, regardless, I know there's all this hype about it, gold medals, we get a bit carried away with it. And, I, you know, I, I think that he's definitely got the ability to to do that in, and potentially get a medal. But regardless, you know, just for him to get there and the way, the way he's performed has been extraordinary and he's got a really big future for mm-hmm. sure. And we've got uh, we, we we got all those pictures of his family celebrating. That's look. A lot of people were coming into this games. I don't think any of us three were like this because we thought this would be just wonderful. And it has lived up and well beyond expectation, hasn't it? Even without crowds, people have really embraced every minute. Oh, they have. Like I don't know what I would have personally done. And I know that with a lot of my friends talking to them, not having these Olympics, there was so much talk about them not happening, but. I think for everyone around the world, it's been just such a joy um, for it. And, you know, when you, um, you know, see these performances and hear these stories and, you know, you know, like, you know, last night with Carsten Barham, when he runs a world record that is so extraordinary that you would think that a man in 400 metre hurdles can run, you know, 45, 94, to be given the opportunity for that to happen, um, yeah, it's just wonderful. I think it's wonderful for everyone around the world, not only the athletes. I've got a mate, Michael McCarrahan, for big sporting meets. He can sleep with one eye open and um, and absorb all the, all the sport. He's got the best knowledge on all these sports. So he's my go-to man. Wow. I can do that when I, I can I can do that when I'm uh, uh, getting tired when food's being cooked. But um, <laughs> Melinda, great to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, a number of days left, so it'll be, it'll be really enjoyable to watch the last few days. Oh, I can't wait. I don't know what I'm going to do afterwards. (laughs) Thanks, Melinda. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Melinda Gainsford-Taylor and to David McKean and, of course, to X-Blades. www.xblades.com.au And our wonderful, if not a little chilly, suffering producer, Dan McHugh. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. Go sit on some ice, Dan. Good night.